Welcome to the King's Cast. Dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. I want you to uh, turn in your Bible to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 3. There are different ways to preach, you know, different ways. Sometimes you you teach just principles from the Bible. Other times you bring things you feel God may be saying. Other times you share things that will be applicable to people from outside. Today, for these next few minutes, I want to talk very much in-house, really, about where we're going in the next few weeks, and I do mean the next few weeks, uh, in terms of the direction and um, some of the things that are going to happen here and somewhere else too in these next few weeks to help us on the journey. And let's begin by reading the scripture. That's always a good thing to do. And I want to pick up in Exodus 3, a very well-known story. The story of Moses and the burning bush. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it didn't burn up. So he thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Verse 5, do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into, and this is what I want to preach about today, bring them out into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The the next few months, for those of you who love this church, are part of this church, are connected in with us, the next few months are going to be like months that we have never had before. It's exciting, it's scary, it's certainly going to be very, very different. Because in a short time, And 
I'm not sure I know exactly when that is, but I might know a bit better very, very soon. In a very short time, we're going to have to leave here because we're going to rebuild this uh, room and the back room. We're going to have to leave here. And when, we, when you leave a place, that's, I suppose, when you find out all the more if what is bringing you together is the building or if it's something bigger and better than that. Some of you love, not, you don't just love this church. You love the seat that you're sitting on. And I know that because although you claim to be not religious at all, you always sit there. Uh, this is my seat. I sit here. Are you religious? Oh, no. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm free in Jesus. I'm completely free, except I've got to sit in row C, seat four. Otherwise, I, I don't feel right. Now, in a short space of time, you are going to stand up. You are going to kiss your seat goodbye. And the seats will be stacked away and you've got no guarantee that when the seats are put back, the seat that you like is going to be put back where you are now. I.e. where you're sitting now, that seat could be on the other side of the room. You're going to have to kiss the seat goodbye. We're going to find out really what kind of holds us together. And oh, by the way, uh, I kind of like to sit in the same place myself. But we're going to find out how we're going to cope with moving. And people don't like change. Nobody likes uh, change. If you find the concept of change difficult, you're just part of the human race. But somebody once said, constant change is here to stay. Constant change is here to stay. I remember when I first came here, which is nearly 12 years ago, so um, get the watch ready to present to me, but it's nearly 12 years, and um, I remember in the first few uh, uh, years of being here, I always, was always fiddling with everything. So at one time we sat and we faced this direction, you know, and then at other times we'd face this direction, and then a few months later people would come in and we're now facing, we're now back facing that direction. We used to fiddle around all the time. One time... Uh, we were so small as a church that when we did Sunday school, the kids stayed in here and the adults all went out there. That's true. That, we did that for uh, about nine, ten months, I think. Yeah, yeah. We gave the kids the bigger room. Everything is up, is up for change. And uh, I want to help you, and I know I only have 15 minutes, but, I, but I'm, but I'm going to do it. I want to help you to understand some of the things that are going to happen. And I want to help you with the whole, just to understand the whole thing about, about change. Because if change is uh, unto something, it helps us. You know, when you're moving house and you're packing your boxes, I, 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 I've not met anyone who enjoys moving house. If you do, please tell me what's going on in you. But, some, but most of us hate moving house. Oh, we've got to move house. No, you're kidding me. Jane says, well, I found this nice flat in Cambridge. Should we move? No, let's not. Let's stay here. But it's not good here, I know. But I, I don't want to move. 
we have to throw things away and we have to pack up boxes and we have to call virgin media. That's the worst thing to do. But while you're going through that difficult bit, it's unto something. It's unto something better. And we need to hold on to that. Transition and change is difficult. What should God's people do? And I want to, because in the Bible all the time, all the time, the New Testament writers and indeed some of the later Old Testament writers, they always pinch or they always, what shall I say, use, utilize the story of the Exodus and draw out principles from it. And I'm going to do the same today. So this is by no means a Bible study at all. But there are some principles that maybe help us as we think about these changes. So, there are three points. Of course there are. Here's number one. Number one, allow yourself to get excited. Allow yourself to get excited. It's not just the packing of the boxes. We're going somewhere. And we have to fix our minds and boy. Do I need to do this all the time? Fix my mind on where we are going, how it's going to be better, rather than the uncomfortableness of the hour uh, in which we are in. I want you to look at this verse, Numbers chapter 13. Just very quickly go there. I know we're against the clock, but we are going to make it. Numbers chapter 13, and uh, these verses in verse 26... Allow yourself to get excited. Verse 26 is the spies coming back from the land. They've seen the future. They've seen the future. And they come back to report not about the physical uh, uh, territory as such. There's something bigger that they're reporting on. They are giving Moses and the people a glimpse of the future. And this is, this is what they say. They came back to Moses and they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey and here is its fruit. I, I, I wrote something down. You know, I never write things down, but I wrote this down because I thought this was great. Why is it that right at the beginning in Exodus chapter 3, why does God say to Moses right from the get-go, right from the beginning, the land you are going to go to is a land flowing with milk and honey. You, you kind of hear that all the time. All the way through the Bible, and if I uh, had time, we could read them all. But it appears countless times. The land flowing with milk and honey. I always think that's fun. What about if people were allergic to milk and didn't like honey? Well, I ain't going there. <laughs> do you think they'll do a milk substitute? What about a low-calorie honey? No, all the time. The land is going to flow with milk and honey. Why did God say that to them again and again and again? Now, there's two answers. Because among the Israelite community were two groups of people, and these two answers 
responded to the two types of people, and there may be two types of people here today. The first reason why God said to them, it's going to flow with milk and honey, in fact, he says on another occasion, it is a pleasant land, was to attract the people who just understood that they wanted things to be more pleasant. So he says to them, it's a pleasant land. Oh good, the future is going to be nicer than this. But there's another group of people, and I want to talk to that second group of people here today, who don't just want the future to be nicer, they want the future to be more fruitful. Here's something I I read. I found it on the internet, so it must be true. But it's a quote from a rabbi from the 13th century. We don't often quote 13th century rabbis here. But this is what he said. He said the key word in the expression, the land flowing with milk and honey. He said the key word is the word flowing. It's not the land of milk and honey. It's the land flowing with milk and honey. And here's why. Fruit trees, I'm just simply reading this now, fruit trees grow in many different terrains. But their produce overflow with nectar only when the land is especially fertile, when the trees are particularly well nourished. A land flowing with milk and honey is not just a pleasant land, it's not just a holiday planet, A land flowing with milk and honey means that it's much more fruitful there than here. The rabbi continues. Similarly, livestock survives in many habitats, but only overflows with milk when they are in particularly fertile pastures. How come the milk was flowing It's because the land was more fruitful. Do you understand? When God says to them, it's going to flow with milk and honey, he's telling them, it's going to be fruitful. Things are going to grow there that do not grow here. Can you say amen? Thus, a land flowing with milk and honey is indicative of a greater good, the fertility of the promised land. So I want to talk to two groups of people here today. We're going we're gonna to have to leave this building and we're going to have to be uncomfortable for a few months in some other place. No, you can't take your chair with you. You'll just have to enjoy the luxury wooden pew provided. <laughs> Bring your own sleeping bag. But once the work is done, it's going to be nicer. So I want to talk to the nice People who like things nice, it's going to be nice. But now let me talk to the second group. It's not just about being nice. It's about being more productive. It'll produce so much more than we have today. It's going to flow with milk and honey. It's going to flow with quite a bit of coffee and all. Milk. Plenty of portion in mine. 
How should we deal with change? Number one, we should allow ourselves to get excited. I ought to do you the, the favor, because some will not be on the same page as us, to tell you what's going to happen. This wooden partition is going to go. Everyone just look at me. This is going to go. Goodbye, sweet wood. Goodbye. A moment's silence, please. No, no, we haven't got time. You're coming to this area here. I've never preached from the back. Isn't this fun? The last time I stood here with a microphone, I said, and the winner is JLS. You remember that? <laughs> Jaron still remembers that. Yeah. You're coming to this area here, and this is going to be a big uh, reception area. Glass, everybody. Glass with a nice crown logo on, if we can afford it. As you've come in here, you've already passed a toilet that's going to be right here. Oh, hello. Nice to see you. There'll be a toilet right here. Um, disabled toilet here. On the other side, a nice stairway um, going up right, right where these guys are now. The, the stairs will go up here. And here, a lift, an elevator going up and down to be used by people who need it. By people who feel like going, <laughs> no. So you come into this area here. Now, this area, as much as we can utilize, is going to be like a cafe. There's be a land flowing with coffee, I told you. Now, it can't always be a cafe because we have to hire it out. But this will be our new social space. When you come to church in the future, you won't come in and go upstairs and sit and wait for church. You, you, can, you can come in here. Chill out in here. After the service, we'll come down and chill out in here. It's going to be a big social space. We can invite teenagers into this area all the time. We can do much more work, like, such as we're doing at the moment with the, with the mental health service users in this area here. It's a pleasant place to be. There'll be a big TV in here somewhere, so you can come and watch the Queen's 70th Jubilee. Or the Olympics or, you know, whatever. We'll be able to show movies on this. If you have a little kiddie who gets a bit upset during the service, the kid begins to cry, you think, what do I do? At the moment, God bless you, you have to go and stand in the porch and think, what do I do now? <laughs> Should have gone to C3. <laughs> but no more, because you'll be able to come downstairs and we're going to have a camera in the back filming the meeting and the camera will show the meeting on the TV in the cafe. No, no, it's, it's easy. It's easy, that. And if you don't like the meeting, we'll put God Channel on and you watch another meeting. <laughs> if I come down halfway through it, finally you're fiddling with it and you've got Emmerdale Farm on there, there'll be trouble. <laughs> Explain to her what Emmerdale Farm is. They don't have it in Vancouver. Over here, there'll be a, a, big, a big classroom. No more going to the Salvation Army, but the kids will be able to come in here, um, downstairs. And here, under the escape stairs from upstairs, be a big storeroom. We'll be putting the chairs and tables that will then serve this big area here. It's going to look nice, but better than that. 
It's better than nice. It's fruitful. It's fruitful. What a great place for young people to uh, hang out in. What a better place to teach the Bible in. What a better place for the, the ladies of the church to meet in. It's better for everyone. Upstairs, of course, will be the big worship room. There'll be a big escape stairs. If, should the place burn down, we'll be able to run into this little corridor here. And we'll be able to stay in there for ages while the building's burning away. Apparently, you can stay in there for ages. We'll be there making phone calls. Fitting Facebook, on Facebook, the building's burning down. I'm trapped in a corridor and the building is burning down. Send. Someone's liked it. And you'll be able to come down across and this, this back room will be all kitted out. It's going to be, be beautiful. Lights. Are, I'm going to change the lighting up there. It's these lights. The, now, I know you love these lights, but these St. Dracula's lights have to go. <laughs> Let's find a castle that wants to buy them. You can get excited, you see. And I want you to think about this when you're over at Zion Baptist Church in the afternoons in the future, sitting on your wooden, you know, pew and thinking, you know, this, this ain't so fun and having to park here and walk down there. Huh. Now that, that went down like a lead balloon, but, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. It's not only going to look nice. It's going to flow with milk and honey. It's going to be fertile. People will come to Jesus here. Upstairs, you understand, don't you, that we'll fit about another 50 to 80 more chairs in. Because we'll go through this wall. And we'll go right through to the end. And praise God, something that's already come to pass, when you need to go to the toilet, you won't have to go outside anymore. Woo! Yes. <laughs> they came back from the land and they said, here's the fruit. They didn't bring back a photograph. Ooh, that's nice. Look, we can build a nice house here. Oh, look how the sun comes in through the trees. That's not what they brought back. How many of you understand what I'm preaching about? They brought back the fruit of the land. Why are we doing this? Why are we going through this oh, incredibly hard thing to do? And let me tell you, behind the scenes, it's incredibly hard what's happening right now. Really hard. Pray for, pray for my family. Pray for me. It's incredibly hard. But something in me says, but I see the fruit. The fruit. It's the fruit that's important. More people coming to Christ. More people being discipled. More people... Finding Jesus for themselves. Number two. So the first thing is, allow yourself to get excited. Number two. Adopt an adventurous spirit. Say this after me. It is fun to sit on wood for months. You liars. 
<laughs> it's, no, it's not. But relish. Someone once told me this phrase. It's not a great phrase, but you know. Relish the battle. We relish the adventure. We relish the adventure. Our friends at Zion Baptist Church are so very kind. They're going to give us their venue. And uh, we're going to meet in the afternoons. For some of you, that's going to be really difficult. Some of you are going to think, woohoo! You know, we'll stay in bed a bit longer. But just be for a short time. And we've got to find some other places where youth can meet and where different things can, can happen. But the program will be a bit, you know, may not be as, as um, regular as it is now. But we'll just do our best. But we want to relish, adopt an adventurous spirit. Relish the journey. Don't grumble. Please don't grumble. Any letters that begin, Dear Peter, my backside is not good. Please will you arrange a helicopter to bring me from my home to the church. I don't like walking down Tennyson Road. I don't like walking down Mill Road. Don't grumble. Why? Because not only is it not very nice, not only is it not very Christian, but God doesn't think it's very nice. In the desert, he didn't think much of them when they grumbled on the journey, did he? So adopt an adventurous spirit. Very, very soon. Very, very soon. You're going to hear me give you a date. And the date is going to be on this date. We're no longer going to be in here. And I'm going to give you that date very, very soon. Perhaps next week. I don't mean it'll be next week. I mean, I'll give you the date next week. Just got to tie one more thing together. But relish the journey. Come on the adventure. Stay with us. Stay on the bus. The bus won't be as comfy as the current bus. But stay on the bus. Why would you get on a a rickety, rackety bus. I'll tell you why. Because you want to go to the destination. When I travel around Brazil as a missionary, I get on many a bus and someone stands at the front and they start to say the Lord's Prayer. And you think, what does he know about this bus company? <laughs> when I arrived in Brazil, the man organizing it, he said, I have one thing to tell you. What's that? He said, when you get on the bus, sit about halfway down the bus on the driver's side. I said, why? said, because if the bus should crash, you have more chance of survival. <laughs> I have been in Brazil t- t- uh, 12 minutes with my bag. That's what he's told me. I got on some rickety-rackety buses. Let me tell you, why did I get on them? Was it because of the comfort? No. It's because of the destination of the bus. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? amen. So stay on the journey, not because it's more comfortable, but because of the destination. Because we are going to Canaan. We're going to more fruitfulness than we've ever known before. There are many changes can happen in a church. This is one of the big ones. And finally, number three, keep giving. We won't look at these just because my time has gone. But all of the instructions, particularly the early instructions about giving and tithing, and sowing, and bringing offerings. These instructions came to the Israelites 
Not when they were in Canaan, but when they were in the wilderness. I want to say that again. They didn't arrive in Canaan and then God said, okay, now you're here. Now you're here. Here are my my instructions about giving. He gave the people of Israel their instructions about tithing and giving while they were in the desert. Now, if I'd been God's special advisor, I'd have said, God, this is not the best time to talk about money. This is not the best time while they're in the desert. But his word came to them then. And his word comes to us now. Keep giving. Those of you who have understood the scriptural principle of tithing and are obeying it, God bless you. Keep doing that. Keep helping us. We're building the house. I want to show you something that I was going to show about a year ago. And we sort of, I don't know if we ran out of time in the meeting or something. It's a gift someone gave me. It's in this box here. Now, I know what you're thinking, what's in there? Wouldn't it be funny if it was empty? But it's not empty. It's not empty. Um, oh, come and help me, man. Come, come and help me. just need you to hold it because I don't have a desk. Sure. You have become a, a desk. You're a, you're a tall desk. Okay, now I'm going to show you what's in it. About 18 months ago, I can't remember. Time flies, doesn't it? But something like a year ago or a bit more. I, um, I went, to, went to Cornwall and a pastor there um, encouraged me. He really, really encouraged me. And at the end of the time with him, he gave me this, this gift. That's, that, just, just relax. It's not a hamster or, a, you know. Although if it is, I know a man who can catch one, Phil. Oh, I got the wrong way around. It's a gift. It's like a like an ornament, and it says, "Breakthrough is imminent." Matthew sixteen verse eighteen, which says, "I will build my church, and the gates of Hades won't prevail." And I had this on my, uh, on my desk. And anyway, we, perhaps we should have had a table, but what it comes with, can you, can you put that in? Yeah, it comes with this, like a globe. Hang on. Wasn't this a lovely gift to give me? So he didn't charge me for it. You sit it on there like that, right? You don't need to fall, do we? But it just sits on there like that. The, the last thing I want at this moment is for it to smash on the floor. Although that would be a breakthrough, I suppose. And you can spin it, you know, it spins around. Breakthrough is imminent. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? It's nice. Now you can just, I'm going to hold on to the glow, but you can, you can look after the box and take a sit down with that. This, um, this meant a lot to me. It's strange, but it meant a lot to me. This amazing gift. 
And he said, every time you look at it, I want you to think about the church. I want you to think about how it's going to grow. I want you to think about the breakthrough that was imminent. And I'm, I'm handling this today. I want you to handle it too. I want to do something that's just purely symbolic. It's not something spiritual particularly, although in a sense everything is spiritual. But this is going to sit on my desk. On the desk that I haven't got yet. That's going to be in that back corner over there. <laughs> now you're all looking, it ain't there. But I'm going to have a desk somewhere back here or a table or something. Near the toilet, you see. <laughs> and this is going to sit on my desk. And this to me has been like a symbol of, of that pastor who believed in me. He believed in me. He said, you can do it. And at the time when he said it, I didn't know how much it was even going to cost. I had no idea though escalating price it's nearly a quarter of a million pound but he gave me this he said I, I believe you can do it and he gave this to me and while I've been just standing here talking to you now I've been handling it and my fingerprints are going on it do you know what I want some of you think maybe this is silly some of you understand the symbolism. I want your fingerprints on it too. I want your fingerprints on it as well. And you're going to put your fingerprints on it now. Just by holding it for a moment. I want everyone who wants to come on the journey. Everyone who understands that it's going to be a bit, a little bit bumpy in the autumn. Sometimes the seating won't be so nice. Sometimes it may not be as warm. And every now and then the sound system might go. <laughs> In fact, when it does, let's take a vow together. Where every time the sound system goes. <laughs> In the other building, let's applaud. <laughs> have to make it happen now, won't we? But I want you to say to me today that you're, that you're with us. I want you to say to me today, I, I'm going to come on the journey. I'm going to be disrupted, but I'm not going to be distracted. And we're going to go and get some fruit in this city with this new super duper building that we're going to construct. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.